They pull the nails from his feet and hands. They lowered him down that old cross. The only hope in a dying world, it seems. Though all was lost, they laid him in a bar of tomb, rolled the stone against the door. But to the angels at hand, God gave this command. Move the stone and Jesus came forth. He still rolls the stone away. He still changes hearts that will pray. Oh, if you're bound by Shackled by man's fallen state Door it was sealed by Satan's strong hand There seemed no hope for escape So dark and lonely was my life Is there no hope now left for me oh but grace lit the darkness I could see that old cross and in his nail scarred hands were Take care of you. 
When you think there's nowhere to turn or nowhere to go, there he is. He's not dead. He's alive. We serve a risen Savior this morning. Amen. That's what makes the difference between the Lord Jesus Christ and these others who proclaim to be God. We serve one that has resurrected from the dead. Amen. One that is living today and is living within my heart. And if you're a Christian today, He is living within your heart. And our greatest desire is, if you're not a Christian, before you leave this place today, you will make that calling sure. You'll accept Christ as your Savior and allow the Lord Jesus to abide in your heart. Amen. I believe that would be the best Christmas gift or Christmas. Hey, it could be Christmas too. Best Easter gift that we could get, right? Amen. Amen. If you get that gift, it'll do you good through Christmas and until Jesus comes, right? Amen. Okay. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28 in the Word of God this morning, if you would. I do thank you for being here, you that are visiting with us and brought folks our way. I do appreciate you uh, giving us the opportunity to preach the gospel to you. Uh, this is a great church of great people, loving people. Uh, mark my words, they ain't perfect. If you're looking for a perfect one, you won't find it here. Uh, but you ain't going to find one of them nowhere, huh? But I can tell you this, we got great people here, and I appreciate these people. I love pastoring these people. Uh, they don't give us no trouble, and I, boy, I like that. Amen? Praise the Lord. But uh, chapter 28 of the book of Matthew, if you have your place, would you please stand in reverence to the reading of God's Word and prayer for the message, if you're able. We would appreciate that. And some people say, preacher, why do you have them to stand? Well, you look in the book of Ezra. When Ezra was reading from the books, he stood on a pulpit of wood and asked the people to stand. And I believe it's just out of reverence unto the Lord today, not reverence to me. I'm not worthy of anything but just the free gift of salvation that God's given me. Amen. The Bible says there in verse number 1 of Matthew chapter 28, In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door, and sat upon it. I'd have liked to have been in the place. Amen. His countenance was like lightning, and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake, and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for He is risen. He said, come see the place where the Lord lay. Our Father in heaven, God, in Jesus' name, Lord, as we come to you today with humble hearts and thanksgiving, thanking you for everything you've done for us. And Lord, the time that you had the stone rolled away from that tomb, as the angel sat upon it, Lord, I just thank you so much, Lord, for rising that third day. Lord, you were dead, but then you lived again. And now you're ascended and sitting at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us all. God, may we not take lightly what we're here to do today. As we sit 
punks, people, amongst the people, and Lord, worship you in truth and in spirit. Try to be our best in our own way to preach the Lord, uh, the word of the Lord. And God, I can't do it without you today. Father, I ask you, Lord, if you would, please, sir, to undergird me with your spirit and power. Loose this tongue, let it go. Give me clarity of mind where I may preach your word. For Lord, there may be some here today that's lost and undone and on their way to hell without Jesus. And Lord, if that be the case today, God, I pray that today would be the day that they become saved. Uh, confess their sins to you. And Lord, live a changed life. For we know that everything becomes new and those old things are passed away. Father, we'll surely love you and thank you and praise you and give you glory for all that you do. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I don't know of many ways this morning to preach unto you the resurrection. Uh, you're not going to have any great uh, uh, theological insight, for there isn't any that you probably haven't already heard when it deals uh, with the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. But as this week came around and we began to pray about what to bring to you this morning, uh, some words just came to my mind. And I believe we just need to have a better understanding of the resurrection. We've got to have an understanding of what Jesus Christ has actually done for me and what He's actually done for you and what He's going to do for us in the future. Amen. I believe without a shadow of a doubt that the Lord Jesus Christ is coming again just like He said He would. Uh, many of people say, well, preacher, we've heard that all of our life. Uh, uh, we, we hear that all the time. Uh, how do we know that He's coming? Well, the signs of the times of the Scripture uh, tells us that He is coming uh, and that we're living in those last days. Uh, well, what do I need to do, Pastor? Well, the best thing for you to do uh, is humble your hearts before God uh, and ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart uh, and save your soul. Uh, and that way, when He does come to get us by the way of the rapture or by the way of the grave, uh, you'll be ready because one day uh, of those graves that are in the ground now, those people that are saved in the Lord, uh, they're going to be resurrected from that ground one day. Uh, and thank God if I go by the grave, maybe today, maybe tomorrow, maybe 40 years from now, I will be good up from that grave as well on that great resurrection day uh, as the Lord Jesus Christ calls unto you and I. I began to think about the resurrection and I think I was thinking about the precursor of the resurrection or the prelude of the resurrection if you would. Folks, if there wasn't a birth, there never would have been a death. If you're living today, uh, you were birthed into this world and one day if Christ continues to tarry, there's going to be a death. It's appointed unto man once to die and then uh, of the judgment. We have to understand that we're going to stand before a loving God, but a just God uh, that is going to judge us for all of our deeds in this body or out. Uh, and my friends, I don't know about you, but when I stand before the Lord, uh, I am wanting to hear those words. That is a desire of my heart uh, to hear the words. And it should be the desire of your heart to hear the words. Uh, well done, thy good and faithful servants. You've been faithful over a few things. Uh, I'll make you you ruler over many. Uh, the precursor, the prelude, if you would, uh, of the resurrection. Uh, uh, there had to be a birth. Uh, and that birth come by the way of the Virgin Mary. Now you may read some funny Bibles and hear some funny stories on TV today uh, that'll tell you that she was just a young maiden uh, or that maybe she was, uh, uh, she did have something going on there with Joseph, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, earthly uh, father. But I'm here to tell you, I believe the Bible as it says, it, it says that she was a virgin, she was pure, uh, and she 
she had never been with a man. Well, preacher, that's not possible. It is possible with God, for all things are possible with God. Because he said that there was a Holy Ghost conception right there. In other words, Jesus Christ was born of that virgin, but God the Father sent the Spirit of God down and conceived him inside the womb of Mary. And as he began to grow up in that carpenter's home, Joseph, of course, was a carpenter. And as he began to grow up in the carpenter's home, and as about 12 years old, people began to notice and people began to look toward Christ because he's turning some heads. Of course, he turned some heads when he was born. You remember the shepherds and those that came and gathered around the side there where Jesus was born and gathered around that manger. We know the story of that and them following the stars and so forth. And this was the perceived or conceived Christ child, if you would. But a lot of the Jews, even to this day, do not believe that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. They couldn't believe that He was born in a manger. They thought He would be born in a palace somewhere. They couldn't believe that when He died, He had a crown of thorns upon His head. They thought He'd have a crown of jewels resting upon His head. But that was not the way that Christ was to be. Christ was going to be just like you and I. And that's the way He came. Amen. But at 12 years old, He was found inside the temple. What was He doing inside the temple? He was teaching and preaching to the doctors and lawyers. And they were completely amazed at what Christ Jesus was doing. As a matter of fact, He got away from the caravan, if you will, and went into the temple and began to spread the good news and began to speak things that they didn't even know themselves as very educated and schooled men. But Jesus Christ knew the book because He wrote the book. Amen. And if you write a book, you know what's in the book. And of course, we do believe that the Bible is holy. We believe it's Scripture that was divinely given to men that penned it down for you and I and for our benefit today. And boy, I tell you what, it'll help you to live right. It'll make you live right. And you can write it all the way to heaven. I guarantee you, this is your ticket to heaven today. Amen. He says, if anybody shall call upon the name of the Lord, thou shalt be saved. Let's go forward in the life of Christ to about 30 years of age. And you go over to the book of John. About John chapter number 2. All of a sudden there in John chapter number 2, John is pinning these words under the inspiration of God. There is a wedding there in Cana. About chapter number 2. And then all of a sudden the wedding has no wine. Jesus and His mother Mary had been invited uh, to this wedding. Well, what do we do from here? Uh, Well, we go to the wedding. They didn't want to be rude, I reckon. So they went on over to the wedding, but there is a problem. They ran out of wine. Well, what do we need to do? Well, you just go ask Jesus what to do, and whatever He tells you to do, you do it. That's some good advice today. Amen. Mary herself is giving advice to the folks there at Cana. We're out of wine. What do we need to do? Go talk to Jesus and whatever He says do, you do it. You get those water pots, if you would. You fill them up with stone. You bring them back over here. Uh, and boy, by the time they got back with them, uh, uh, those uh, uh, water pots was overfilled with wine. Amen. Amen. I'm not saying Jesus was a wine bibber. 
Jesus was not a wine bibber. Jesus does not advocate, uh, the Word of God does not advocate drinking today, uh, but I'm here to tell you, uh, they were drinking fruit from the vine. People want to argue whether it was fermented or not. Uh, I'm here to tell you, I don't believe Jesus would have made anything that would have made them folks hurt themselves. Amen? Amen. And I believe if Jesus comes along and offers you something, you ought to take it, huh? And that's exactly what happened here. And then you, then you begin to see him uh, standing in front of the tomb of Lazarus. As he says, Lazarus, come forth. Uh, and Lazarus comes up out of the grave himself uh, as Jesus Christ is raising him up. Uh, and we often wonder, well, why did he call Lazarus by name? Uh, well, if he had stood in front of that graveyard and just said, come forth, he would have emptied out the whole graveyard. Amen. That is the power uh, that the Lord Jesus had. Uh, everybody that had been dead through time uh, and buried in them tombs, my friend, would have came forth that day. But that day was for Lazarus and him alone. A lot of things is going on right here. Jesus Christ himself lived 33 and a half years. 33 and a half years never to commit one sin, but often, often tempted I think about the time he was on the on the Mount of Temptation and he was being tempted by Satan. And every time that Satan came to him with some kind of temptation, uh, he would always answer him by the Word of God and say, It is written. Uh, well, go ahead, if you believe it, uh, uh, go ahead and turn that stone into bread. Listen, I'm here to tell you, Jesus Christ was 100% God. Uh, he was 100% man, uh, and that makes him 200% of everything. Amen. He is Amen. God incarnate is the Lord Jesus Christ. It's His deity that we're speaking of. Uh, he said, no, go ahead there, Jesus. Uh, I know you're hungry, and you're right. Jesus did get hungry. I believe He got thirsty. The Bible even says, the shortest verse in the Scripture, that Jesus uh, wept. He had feelings. He cried. He got hungry. He got hot. I'm sure, uh, you know, uh, He had those attributes of humanity. He had to have those attributes because he had to die. And for those three and a half years of ministry in his life, things began to take shape. As he began to touch blinded eyes and they began to see. As he began to touch the crippled and they began to walk. I don't know about you, but that's the kind of God I want to serve today. Amen. Amen. I want to go to a Lord that's in heaven that can answer my prayer no matter what my need may be. If I'm in the deepest doldrums of depression or in the darkest valley of my life, I want to know that I can go to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and pray unto Him and know without a shadow of a doubt that He's going to send and answer my way because He's got the answers. Amen. People turn to many of things in the days in which we live to find their answers. You can't find your answer in a liquor bottle. You can't find your answers uh, uh, in a pill bottle. You can't uh, uh, find your answer in a left-handed cigarette. Amen. Y'all know what one of them is, I'm sure. Huh? It got quiet in here. Yeah. Some of y'all know what that stuff is. You can't find your answers in the world. But through Jesus Christ today, you can find your answers. Amen. Amen. There's a precursor. You see all of this taking place right up to the point of the crucifixion. But also see the promise. Uh, The Jews were around and they've done seen and perform all these miracles. uh, And they're saying, hey Jesus, can you give us a sign? I read that and I'm like, my word, what other sign do you need? To know that this is the Son of God. What other sign would you need? He says, you. He looks to the Jew and says, you destroy this temple 
and three days I'll raise it up again. That's the promise. Amen. That's the promise of the resurrection. And of course, these fellows didn't know what he was really uh, referring to, Brother Joel. Uh, he said what they said. I believe it was, it took 46 years to build this temple. And you mean to tell me that you're going to raise it up in three days? Uh, and Jesus, I'm paraphrasing here, basically says these words. I'm not talking about the temple. I'm talking about the body. And in three days, uh, I'm going to give up, get up, uh, and I'm going to live again. That's the Lord that we serve today. He is a resurrected Savior. We see that promise, but we see the popularity of the resurrection today as well. I can see Him as He's being beaten and as He's being scourged. And that the time is coming up to the crucifixion. And all of a sudden, there comes a time when He's thrown in before Pilate and the angry mob, if you will. This time of the year, this time of the year in which the crucifixion took place, uh, they were allowed to release one prisoner. They were allowed to release that one prisoner. They had it narrowed down to two and it was Jesus on one side and Barabbas on the other. It's amazing uh, how people's opinions and ways will change in just a few days. If you'll remember prior to this, just a few days as Jesus came riding into Jerusalem on a donkey, it was palm. Sunday. Uh, they were laying down the palm branches as he was riding the donkey, an untamed animal, if you will, into Jerusalem. And they were crying, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna to the highest. Uh, they were crying that he was the king. Uh, they were worshiping him. But all of a sudden, in just a matter of a few days, it all turned around. And they're saying, okay, then who do you want? Uh, do you want Jesus to die? Or do you want Barabbas to die? Who do you want us to release? Uh, and the angry mob said give us Barabbas Barabbas is released Jesus goes to the cross can you imagine the popularity of it the popularity down through the ages of the resurrection the popularity of those people that were for Barabbas releasing him and not releasing Christ but take note to this This was God's divine plan. It had to happen. Jesus Christ had to be held. Jesus Christ had to go to the cross to die for you and I to where we can have a way to go to heaven. He goes. He's carrying His cross. They have beaten Him. They have scourged Him. They have completely mutilated Him. Some theologians will say He was beyond recognition. Some of the secular movies that you see on television, you'll see to where he's just completely unrecognizable, but yet you know who he is when you see him on that cross hanging between two thieves. One of those thieves said, if you're the Christ, why don't you get yourself off of this cross and save, save us all? Jesus, with no response. And then the other one on the other side, said, Lord, there He is, recognizing who He was. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. I can just picture Jesus raising His weary head and looking at that thief and said, Today you will be with me 
in paradise. In other words, uh, that thief at that moment accepted Christ into his heart uh, and was guaranteed heaven that day. Uh, Thank God today uh, that we've got away because of the crucifixion and the resurrection. Uh, It's because he died for you and I. And according to the studies that we have done, uh, he, he, he shed every drop of blood that was in his body. Not just a few drops of blood, but every drop of blood that was in his body. And he done it for you and I. Can you just imagine the pain that he went through as he voluntarily laid himself upon that cross and as they began to hammer the nails into his hands and hand them into his feet. And as they dropped that cross and resur- uh, uh, raised that cross up rather and then dropped that cross into a hole and the thud that took place as soon as it did and my friend the, the, the flesh began to rip from his bones and as they came by and continued to spit on him and, and throw things at him and, and give him gall and vinegar uh, to drink. Can you imagine the pain uh, and the agony that he was going through? Uh, you see the main way of death uh, as you died on a cross was by suffocation. Uh, you or Your feet would be placed on a perch as you were nailed to that cross. And as they resurrected that cross up into the air, uh, uh, you would get tired. You would begin to slump. Uh, and for you to get your breath, you would have to push up on that stoop. Uh, and then you would have to breathe. Uh, you would take a few breaths and then you would sag down again. Uh, and you would be hanging there. And then the, uh, your wind would just be leaving you. You wouldn't be able to breathe very well. And most people suffocated on that cross. Uh, and as they come around and they looked at those that are on that cross, Uh, They began to see if you're dead or not. Uh, And if you're not dead, they take some kind of an object, a hard object, a stick of some sort, uh, uh, maybe a a pole or or another beam of wood or whatever it may be. Uh, And as you would be hanging on that cross, uh, uh, they would take that beam uh, and they would break your legs uh, down around about the kneecaps or below. And as they was to break those legs, uh, uh, you would no longer be able to push your body up to get air into your diaphragm. You couldn't do it. And you would suffocate and die but all the Bible says that there would not be one bone broken on the Lord Jesus so they I could see them now going down death row popping those legs and breaking them as the people would die of suffocation but when they got to the Lord Jesus Christ something powerful from another world told them to hold on we don't have to break his legs because he's already the Bible said gave up the ghost that means he's already left here that means he's already died Thank God I'm glad today that He died for me. But I'm even more thankful that He arose on the third day. Look at the power of that resurrection. The Bible says they put Him in a borrowed tomb, a tomb that wasn't even His own. And then for three days, I could see hell having a fit. I could see Satan going by and telling death on day one. Death, you still got Him. Yes, sir, I still have him. I can see day two. Death, you still got him? Yep, I still have him. I believe all the imps and devils in hell began to have a celebration thinking that they had stopped the way of salvation. Done stopped the promised seed. It's over with. He's done. We've got him. But I believe they must have been a little bit of concern in the devil's mind because he probably went back a third time. You know death? He said on the third day he was going to raise it back up. Do you have him? He said, I don't know what's going on and I can't explain it. But the skies turned black 
The storm has begun to roll. The thunder begins to clap. The lightning begins to flash. And an angel of God came down, set upon that stone, and rolled away the stone. And all of a sudden there came Jesus Christ walking out alive and well with the napkin still folded inside of the tomb, which means this, I'll be back. I'm not done yet. And He began to walk again on this earth. I'm here to tell you that's the truth today about the resurrection. It's not all about the Easter bunny and I'm glad the kids can have their fun with some candy today and maybe hide some Easter eggs. But what it's all about is this. Make sure they know the truth of Easter. It's the resurrected King of glory. Our King, the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You're talking about great power that came down that day at Joseph's tomb as that stone was rolled away. I'm talking about great power Jesus Christ is all of a sudden living again. The Bible says Mary Magdalene and the other Mary who is the mother of James comes to the tomb and they walk in and they see these two men in white apparel. And now we want to look at the perplexity of it all. That word perplexed means they were puzzled. And in this same account in the book of Mark it tells you that word is in the Bible. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were perplexed. In other words, they were confused confused about what's going on. I don't know about you, but I'd be confused too. If I was to roll up on my loved one and they not be there no more, and they roll that big stone in front of the door, and all of a sudden it's been moved, and there's two men in shining white apparel inside of that tomb. It says, why do you seek the living among the dead? I don't know about you today. Sometimes people seek dead things. Why do you want to be around dead things? You'll start to smell the stink for long. Huh? Dead things. That's another message for another day. We need to sort of go ahead and preach on dead things while we got you here. Amen. Amen. But dead things do nobody any good. A dead Savior can't save you today. A dead Savior can't save you. What is the purpose of the resurrection? The purpose of the resurrection was not for Jesus Christ to come actually walking out of that tomb, but it was for you and I to look in and see that He was not there. It's proof. The purpose of the resurrection is to where you and I can have everlasting life. The purpose of the resurrection is to where we can be saved. The purpose of the resurrection is to prove that we serve a God that is alive and that is well. You go over there... Uh, to Sri Lanka and you can go to the tomb of the tooth or the tomb of Buddha if you will. Uh, You're going to find some bones. You're going to find some teeth and they've carried that one tooth all over the world. You won't find a tooth of Jesus laying anywhere. You won't find a bone and you won't find His DNA laying around because He was resurrected. All of those prophets from old, they're still in the ground. All of those that have been wrapped up and mummified and placed in a tomb, they're still in the ground. But oh, trust me when I tell you this today. There's one that's not in the ground. He is gone. He is risen. And He sits at the right hand of the Father to make intercession for you and I. That is the purpose of the resurrection. But what's the promise or the praise of the resurrection, if you will? The praise of the resurrection. We'll just... Take ten minutes and shout it out. I'll be honest with you. The praise of the resurrection. Listen to this. Jesus is done resurrected from the grave. 
Some 40 days he's been walking on the earth again. 40 days. He's walking through walls. He's playing with some people's mind. You know, Thomas, boy, I'm doubting Thomas and them disciples in the upper room didn't believe Jesus had resurrected from the dead. All of a sudden, poof, he was there. He can't do that. I'm here to tell you, he's God. He can do whatever he wants to. Huh? He just came walking through there. But he's Jesus is on the Mount of Olives. And as he's on the Mount of Olives, he begins to ascend back up into the heavens. And those that are on the ground begin to get concerned. What are we going to do? Where is he going? Them in spotless white down below said, Don't you worry about a thing. For this same Jesus that you see leaving here is going to come back and get us in like manner. In other words, I believe we'll recognize Him. I believe we'll know Him. The question is, will you be ready for that ride today? Will you be ready when Jesus Christ comes? Uh, You never know. He may come today uh, or He may take you by the way of the grave and you may die tonight. Uh, My friend, you've got to be ready to meet the Lord. You've got to be ready to step out into eternity because one day or the other we have been put here to die and we will die. The man we were talking about earlier took his last breath about 3 o'clock yesterday, a a little ways after. Took his last breath. One day you will take your last breath. Last breath. I can't save you. Nobody can save you but Jesus Christ this morning. You can leave here different in which you came. Because Jesus, when He comes into your heart, He rearranges your life. I never will be able to understand how Jesus takes red blood, washes a black heart, and makes it white as snow. I don't understand it. But I know this. It's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Brother Ted, it's a no-brainer. When I've got a choice, look at me. And it's it's our choice. Who are you going to serve? Is it going to be the Lord Jesus Christ? Or are you going to go by the ways of the world? Two choices. It's plain and simple. In other words, do you want to go to heaven one day? Or do you want to go to hell? Simple. Simple. The gospel message is so simple. It's as simple as accepting it and believing that Christ had rose from the dead. Believe that He did uh, die on that cross for you. And asking the Lord Jesus to forgive you of your sins and to come into your heart uh, and make a way for you to go to heaven. Write your name in the Lamb's book of life. And the Bible says the angels will be rejoicing over the decision that you made. I want my children to know the truth about the Word of God. We're not here to give you a bunch of smoking mirrors. Dancing balls and dancing girls. We're here to give you the truth. We're here to give you the truth. The truth about what the Word of God says. He did live. But thank God He died. And He lives again. Can you prove that to me? Well, if I hadn't proved it to you already, you hadn't been listening. How do you know He lives, preacher? Because He lives within my heart. I want you to stand across this building this morning. I've got a song that they're going to play back there. A CD, a song that touches my heart, and I hope it will touch yours today. If you would, just bow your head across this building. No one moving at the moment. We 
want to take this serious as possible. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you can make things right with God. You don't have to leave here lost and undone. You don't have to leave here. Listen, you can leave here in a different manner in which you came. If you know not the Savior that I'm speaking of, we'll be glad to show you who He is. Take you down the Romans road in Romans chapter 10. That was our Sunday school lesson this morning in the men's Sunday school class. Romans 10, 9 and 10. The ladies could lead a lady. The man could lead a man to the Lord today with no problem. I would personally be available to lead you to God if you wanted me to. Jesus is real. It's not about the Easter bunny today. It's about the resurrection of a crucified king. He died for you. He loves you. And He wants to save you. I'm going to go to the Lord in prayer and lead us in prayer. If you've got a need of salvation in your heart, why don't you come to this altar and make it right with Him today? Listen, nobody is going to be cruel to you. Nobody's going to think less of you. Matter of fact, we'll think a whole lot of you if you want to give your heart to God. He'll come into your heart and save your soul today. And you may be here and you say, Preacher, I've made a commitment to Christ in the past. I'm saved, but I... I've just backslid on God and I'm, I've grown weary and I've gotten away from the Lord. I'm glad He gives second chances today. 1 John 1, 9, He says, If you've got sin in your life, you can come confess it. He's faithful and just to forgive you. And He'll do it. Maybe you're here today on this Resurrection Sunday and you've got a burden of some sort that you need to bring to God. He'll hear your prayers. If you're saved today, He'll hear your prayers. If you're lost, the only prayer he's going to hear is that prayer of repentance. You may be here saying, Preacher, I'm, I'm doing great. I've enjoyed the service. I, I, I'm saved. I'm right with God. I'm going to heaven. But I've got family and friends that are lost and on their way to hell without Jesus. Give me the boldness to tell them about the risen Savior. And come pray for them. Pray for yourself to get that boldness that you desire in your heart. It's a good day. A good day to celebrate. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, Lord, as we come to you today, Lord, with love and understanding, I pray in Jesus' name, if there be a need amongst this congregation, they would come. Save that one that's lost, closest to hell. God, I pray that you reclaim that one that may be backslidden. Meet each and every need as people are coming around this altar as we speak. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.